What up, what up, what up? What up, everybody? It's your girl, Marquita, but they like to call me who? Miss Hollywood. And you're tuned into another episode of So Hollywood, the podcast. Is it me or was it hiding here? Uh-huh. Is it me or is it You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with your girl. You understand me? Yeah, we're going to bring my special guest up in here in just a minute. Thank y'all for tapping in. I appreciate you. Uh huh. 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 Uh yeah. So. Make sure y'all like, share, subscribe to my YouTube channel as well. I have interviews over there as well. I hope the audio is better this time. Is it me or was it hiding here? Hey, hey. Is it me or is it? Hey, 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 what up, everybody? It's your girl, Marquita, but they like to call me who? Miss Hollywood. <laughs> You're tuned into yet another episode of So Hollywood, the podcast. So Hollywood, the podcast is a platform where everyone is treated equally, and I bring them together with this thing called entertainment. Catch the latest episode of So Hollywood, the podcast on my Instagram channel. I had JT Money on this motherfucker. <laughs> You understand me? My special guest will be up here in just one moment. Yeah, I could hold them tools too. <laughs> Anywho, um, if you want to be a guest on So Hollywood the Podcast, make sure you DM me or you can email me at So Hollywood the Podcast at gmail.com or you can also hit me up on Instagram, M I S S Hollywood. 313. Artists, if you're looking to perform, I have a, sp- a spot. Excuse me. I always be fucking up, you know, play as fuck up too. But anyways, um, if you're looking for a location to perform, I have a specific, what is wrong with me today? Like today is, I'm off today, but it's all good. We're going to get you up here in just a second, Arlen. Um, but yes, if you're looking to perform, I have a segment called Welcome to the Limelight. You can perform one song. Um, and if you're located in the Virginia Beach area, I have the studio and yeah, just tap in. So we're going to bring my guest up here. Um, he is an artist, a writer, producer, director, choreographer. Uh, he has a new project called Stay Home, which is out now. He has a lot of things in the works. And he just dropped some new um, choreography or choreography on that ass. So we have none other. Without further ado, I would like to bring my guest, Arlen to the building. <laughs> He coming up here, y'all. You know how Instagram be all late and shit. Yeah, me. But it's all good. And shout out to Breeze for uh for fucking fucking with me. Hey, how you doing? What's going on? Um, nothing much. I'm blessed and highly favored. You know, I can't complain, although I would like to, you know. <laughs> Listen, we can't complain. We cannot complain. <laughs> all right. So let's get into this um, interview. First of all, where exactly are you from? Because when I was doing my research, I, I didn't see exactly where you were from. So tell tell our audience where you're from. Well, I'm from um, Fort Lauderdale. Um, a lot of people may know it as Broward. 
you know what I'm saying? Um, but uh, yeah, that's like South Florida area, maybe like a few minutes from Miami. Okay. Um, a lot of people are more familiar with Miami. Yes. But um, shout out to my 305 <laughs> um, people. <laughs> but, shout out to 305. Yeah, I'm from Fort Lauderdale, from Broward. Okay. You know, um, yeah. Okay, perfect, perfect. Shout out to all the people that are in here in the chat. And so let's get this interview started off right. Um, how did this thing called entertainment enter your life? Uh I have to, you know, um credit my family. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Uh I got exposed to a lot of the things that I do now very early on. Um not saying that a lot of my family members were doing it. But um, I got exposed to it early, such as, like, you know, just going to family reunions and family events and just seeing different, you know, reactions from this person singing or this person dancing or whatever like that. So, you know, that's where it kind of cultivated and started. And then, of course, um, you know, over time, when, you know, the music video thing was like a era from, like, right. the late thousands. So that's kind of, you know, when I started falling in love with it, when I was like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I kind of credit, you know, my family and TV. <laughs> oh, okay. Did were you did you participate in, like, any activities like theater or did you write poetry? Because most of the people that come up here, they, you know, they they have that type of thing in mind or, or have gone to a performing arts school. So did it, any of that... Um, come into play earlier in life or later? Um, well, out the gate, um, when I was in uh, kindergarten, pre-K, mm -hmm. um, I had, I, I'll never forget R. Kelly's song, I Believe I Can Fly, was out. Mm -hmm. And um, my mom heard me singing, and, and um, she, off, she extended the invitation to my uh, teacher at the time for me to perform at the graduation. She was like, can he do it? You know, he would love to do it. Cause I wasn't shy. So, um, I started performing then and then that summer I did like a talent show in first place and all sorts of stuff. So a lot of things started, you know, transpiring from there. Mm -hmm. And then I got in when I was um, in middle school in a jazz band. So I started playing, um, uh, instruments and reading music and learning about jazz. Okay. You know, um, I went to Parkway middle school, but even though I was, a band um, whenever there was a talent show I was dancing <laughs> oh so instead of instead of being an artist you you were a dancer first right, right right I was doing a lot of dancing stuff so then when I got in high school that's when I um you know got in the music production program out there at Dillard High School shout out to the Panthers that school is amazing I love the thing they're doing out there but but yeah I went to Dillard and I got in the music program out there okay. and then Eventually, over time, um, <clears throat> I went on to start my own dance crew because I was doing a dance thing out there at the school that the staff was like, okay, yeah, you can do it. Because there wasn't really much going on in the school at the time. The football team was was okay. The, the girls' basketball team was on fire. But um, as far as, like, entertainment-wise, it was okay. So I was like, damn, we should start a dance team out here. And the school started going crazy. We were performing at the pep rallies, the dances. And then after a while, they started restricting us and, you know, coming up with the rules and all this extra shit. <laughs> so that's when, yeah, that's when we um, stepped outside of the school 
and then started competing in the streets. Oh. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it got real intense. Around um, so what I, age was that, or what year was that? That was around my like ninth, tenth, like tenth grade year. Ninth, tenth. Because okay. like like around tenth grade year, so like the beginning of my tenth grade year, we we started at the school. By the time we got to the second half of the school year, we was on stage performing. You know what I'm saying? At other, you know, competitions and stuff. We, we was like, man, bump the school. They don't want to performances. We going to perform anyway. <laughs> My homegirl started looking up, you know, competitions. And, you know, that stuff just started, you know, expanding over time. And then um, that led to me merging with some of my other friends who were dancing in, um, uh, in the city. And um, we merged and we started dominating the dance scene. Um, in the streets in, in the South, South Miami, uh, the South Florida area, we was, we was dominating that shit. And then uh, with my dance team, Reckless, and then we eventually got on America's Got Talent. Okay. And um, that was in 2010, uh, right? 2010 was um, the season five. Okay, go ahead. Five, yeah. So I got on, on, on there with my dance crew from high school. And um, yeah, it, it was super dope. That was a great experience. We met a lot of people. And um and that's where everything just kind of started. That's when I started realizing this this shit not a dream no more. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the times when you're a kid or when you're in your regular habitat looking at that shit on TV, sometimes you would think like, oh my God, this is like a, a, a freaking long shot for me to be there. And then like just to get on that motherfucker and then be, we had like a watch party and just to know like we closed the, the episode out when we won the TV show. The, the first episode of that season, we closed the freaking episode. Oh, so shit. The was... <laughs> story was so deep because we were all like, we, we didn't have, we were broke as hell. All of us was high school students. It was maybe like two or three of us who was like in their, they were in their 20s. But shit, I was 17 starting that shit. And we didn't have no money. You know what I'm saying? We was broke as hell. We was practicing at parks and shit. So they was really intrigued that, you know, like it was almost like a racks to riches story to them. So they they were like playing on that. You you know how right. that shit is in entertainment when it comes to, you know, syndicated television and shit like that. Right. But um, uh but that that was a great learning experience because I was a leader for for the crew. So I was the one, I was the liaison for everything. I was talking to the producers, I was talking to the music people, the staging crew, the lighting crew. Like I was the one like telling them this what we wearing. This I'm I'm having meetings debating with them about wardrobe. Like I was deep into the entire process. So I really, you know, credit a lot of that time period on why I'm able to do that shit now. Right. You know, because all of the stuff that we were doing doing then, I do it now just, you know, on a on a much more efficient scale. Cause I was young, still figuring that shit out back then. Right. Right. But it was a great learning experience. And we met a lot of people. We learned a lot of things. And um, eventually the team dispersed because, you know, people got grown with the college, kids, marriage, and different stuff. You know, and life started life. <laughs> and during that time, like, what were your influences and what were you pulling from for your um, your aspirations and, and just creating that foundation for yourself? Well, at the time... It was tricky because we were in an environment. We in Miami, so Miami is like Uncle Lou. You know, 
Miami booty ass house music. Get it? So we were, we you know, it was really tricky for me because, you know, I love so you think you can dance. So I appreciated those different like choreographers and styles and shit. You know, and those people they were in in L.A. and New York and you know in these big ass cities. I'm freaking 16 years old. I'm like, damn, I want to dance like that. Damn, I want to do those types of things. But that shit not here. Everything here, yeah, my motherfucker shaking their ass. You know, so you know, like the outlet, <laughs> the outlets for you know, like the hip hop I wanted to do. It was very few, you know, around. It, it was some some out here, but. You know, I was super young. I was, my mama wasn't going to take me no damn Coral Springs in Miami. I was living in for a lot of that. Man, sit your ass down. Get ready for school tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So my inspiration at the time, um, YouTube was popping. Okay. You know, that's when it was creeping in. It wasn't as hot as it is now. But at the time, you know, a lot of those L.A. choreographers was posting their work. Right. So what I was, I would go on the little, you know, rip, website where you could rip the damn video off YouTube and um I don't do that shit no more. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah no incriminating no we not we not but when I was legit doing young and just stupid I would download videos because when I was young watching the music videos as a kid I would study all the dance moves from the music videos and shit. That's how I was able to really you know pick up on those vibes and those pockets. So when YouTube, when, when you know, certain choreographers like Laura Edwards or Wade Robson or Tucker Barkley, like, when those choreographers were posting shit, I would download their video of their class, and I would sit my ass down, and I would learn that shit right in my room. I would put it on my little iPod. That, um, at the time, they had, they, they had a way you could watch videos on that shit. Yes. That motherfucker keep rewinding that bit, and I'll be learning this quirky ass weirdo LA style, and that's why we was dominating when when I started um, competing. So I really blame my inspiration on YouTube and just um, watching TV still, you know, just constantly like staying t- in tune with things that weren't of my environment. You know, I didn't want to do the booty shaking shit. I didn't want to do that stuff, so even though we incorporated it, but I was like, we got to come with something slick. You know what I'm saying? So that was my main core vision. Like, I'm like, yo, I got to come a little different because everybody around I love it, though. You know, I'm, I'm from the side. I love five all day. But I knew that where we were competing at, mm-hmm. it was necessary to be to be different. And what I was gravitating to was more of a style that was, wasn't around. So I was inspired by those choreographers that was in different cities like LA and shit. Um, so now with, my now with your team, like how did that become, um, something and how did you look for, what did you look for in a team during that time? And as well as now, what do you look for in a team? <clears throat> for me, I look for, um, a family oriented vibe, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we ain't gotta love each other, but we gotta like each other. You know what I'm saying? And it got to be in a space where, you know, everyone is gelling and mingling, you know, in a way where it feels like I'm like my crew I'm with now, like we hang out on the regular, like motherfuckers hanging out at the club on the regular, like going on trips, like we're real friends, you know what I'm saying? And that happened over time, you know what I'm saying? But, um, 
I try to aim for just like that home vibe, you know what I'm saying? Because if everybody feel welcome, if everybody feel included, and if everybody feel liked and loved, you know what I'm saying? Like they're going to get their best. They're going to get their all. So that's what I look for mostly um, first is your character. You know what I'm saying? Like how you are around people and how you treat people and shit. Um, and then secondly is like how unique you are, what's different about you. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I hate a motherfucker who be on what the next motherfucker on. You know what I'm saying? So I, I always look for uniqueness. You know, that's why, like, if you look at a lot of the dance visuals that I post, like, some of the movement may be common, but some may be uncommon. And that's because they're willing to go there. Like, they're willing to do the kooky, crazy shit. You know what I'm saying? To pull off the vision. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah. So they're easily easy to to not necessarily follow you, but understand what your overall goal is for yourself and for your team. Right. And Absolutely. they know how to play their position in a sense. Yes, yes. Awesome, awesome. awesome. Dancing when now we've been dancing um since we were teenagers. So Okay. Okay. Now did you attend college or did you attend anything that um um that kind of helped you with your career path and with your artistry besides, you know, um, being out in the streets and dancing in the streets and so on and so forth. Cause I, I know you had mentioned performing arts, but anything thereafter, did you participate in like anything like that? Um, I had a very unorthodox <laughs> journey. Um, the school I went to that, the reason why I even said that shout out to my high school dealer is because, um, the, pro, the the performing arts program out there is like through the roof. And I don't know if you're familiar with the music program Full Sail. I am. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Full Sail, you know, of course they've, you know, maximized on their curriculum over time. Now they're like much more, you know, on point with it now. Right. But back in my high school years, Shit, I was learning about music business and all the same course that people were spending to go to college at Full Sail. We were learning that shit in ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, learning about music business, learning about split sheets, learning about contracts, publishing, learning what sync licensing is, learning like we were learning about the music production boards, all that stuff. Like it was, it, that was that's like a damn near million dollar program out there. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's a whole lot of, you know, dope things going on out there. And they have like a national, like top jazz band, the dance program, top that Jason Derulo used to go to school. Like it was, it's a big deal. That program is really, really awesome. You know what I'm saying? And um, unfortunately because of the neighborhood that it's in, a lot of people may, you know, stereotype it. You know what I'm saying? But um, that program really, really helped me because that's where I really started and learned a lot of that shit from there. I didn't have to go to college because literally, as soon as I graduated high school, we was in, on a TV show. I could, I didn't even go to prom because I was in Las Vegas. <laughs> I won and was in Las Vegas on TV show. On TV show. Talk that shit. Talk that shit. I, I accept the speech over the phone. No lie. What? They put that shit up to the mic. Yep. At the dance. Wow. Congratulations. That that's that's cool. freaking amazing. And on the announcement, like, y'all make sure y'all vote for um 
our students? Because it was some other students who was on the team that, that was there. Yeah, it was a big deal. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. It happened at the right time for you in all so actuality. I, I graduated. I didn't even have time because when we got, when we got accepted on the show, we had to sign a contract. Okay. And when we signed that contract, said if you win or if you make it to the top ten, you have to go on the tour. And the tour was going to roll into the following school year, which would have been my first year of college. I would have had to miss it. You think I'm going to not sign that motherfucking contract? You know what I'm saying? I signed the fuck out of that contract. You ain't let the ink dry before you. Listen, all my mom and dad said, they said, is that what you want to do? Is this your passion? You really want to do this? I said, yes. They said, go ahead. And I signed that motherfucker. So um, that, that's kind of, you know, I was real ballsy. I was rebellious about it. I was like, I'm, I'm going, let's go. So that's what made me not even wonder or think about college or anything like that. And when we got voted off, you know, I don't really tell people this. I, you know, I, I always, you know, say it here and there. But okay. when we got voted, I met my homie Jerome Harmon, J-Rock, who uh, produced some of the Justin Timberlake stuff, the Beyonce stuff that they did back in that 2013 era with, like, the drunken love, all that shit. But yeah, that around that time period when we got voted off, I'm in the studio with Timberland. Okay, shout out to you. Timberland and Jerome Harmon while we were out there in our in our hotel. And while we were getting voted off and they going to the hotel, I'm going to the fucking record plant to go in this with my homie Jerome. And Timbaland and Keisha Cole, they were working on the records for Keisha Cole album at the time. The way your and life so, is set up right now, the way you're talking about it, it's just like a trickle effect. Like every, it's just it just ha- continues. Good things continue to follow you, and that's just amazing. But keep going. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm blessed, I must say. And then once I um, got back to Florida, Timbaland and Jerome and all them came back to Miami. We stayed in contact. So um, when I came back to Miami, that's when I started back working with them and just being around that crew and doing different things. And then they went back to L.A. and that's when they started working with Beyonce. Just, you know, that should be exclusive and all right, that shit. Right. But, um, but when that happened, I was home trying to figure shit out. And then I started teaching kids, um, teaching dance or whatever in, in the community. I, that's where it kind of started. And then I eventually uh, uh, started working with my homegirl who was on my dance team, and she got signed to Cool and Dre. And um, and then I was one of her core collaborators with everything from the music, the dancing, this, that. So um, she, when she got the deal and she needed to go a different route, she hit me up. And within the first week of me working with her, Cool and Dre was like, we need to sign you. <laughs> we have to sign you. Like, my life is crazy. And then eventually when that um, happened, I just started working there. And that's when I started working with um, doing stuff for Jordan Sparks and the NFL. That's when I started working with uh, Fat Joe. Um, got in, got on his mixtape, was in one of his videos. Started working with different people. And then, mind you, I'm still every Blue Moon over at Timberland Spot. 
You know, I'm at Cool Dre, so I was back and forth whenever they were coming town so, and stuff. So were you working on your choreography or were you working on your being an artist or producing? Or which part of the many accolades were you working on <laughs> at this time? At that time, it was more so, it was more about the music. Okay. Because I recall at like over almost 400 songs in my catalog at the time. I was doing like six and seven songs a night. Um, cool and Dre, they were, they were really grooming me. That's why, like, now I don't do that now um, because now I'm more intentional. Uh, when I write, like, I got to feel, it got to come from a place. It can't just be like, we're going to write 100 songs in that job. You know, um, a lot of the times that comes from you just wanting to, you know, just kind of, you know, flex that, you know, exercise your muscle and get your creative juices flowing. But for me, um, you know, working at that time, it really groomed me because they were really pushing me pushing my pen like one night you know i was and at the time i was working with my homies rod and twinkie there too and we were doing rock and roll records pop records country records r&b hip-hop hooks full songs whatever and so that shit really was you know um grooming my skills as a writer and producer and arranger um at the time so it was really about me even though i was still dancing and doing shit the music stuff was at the forefront you know what i'm saying um, and then eventually I started working in Atlanta with my um, cousin and that's when I started working with Jazzy Faye and um, working with some some producers who was uh, working with Atlantic Records and just trying to get placements and, you know, just trying to connect dots at the time. I was young, like 19 and 20, you know what I'm saying? So um, that's what I was doing at that time. It was more so music. Mm. So when did when did you like kind of find your voice, so to speak? And like, when did you realize like music or being an artist was going to be something that you really wanted to be? Um, not in a negative sense, but when I got when I went independent, when I stepped away from the industry giants and started doing my own thing. Um. That's uh, because I really feel like the reason why a lot of the ties and contracts and deals and placements and things didn't happen on a massive, massive level when I was in those situations, because I feel like God was trying to, I'm, I'm very spiritual, by the way, but mm-hmm. I feel like trying to, you know, show me what it's like. It was like front row seats at the operations of some of the biggest in the game. And it's like, you know, it was it was just him showing me like it's it's not that hard, it's not that difficult. You like I said it before, like you think it's this long shot, you think it's this ginormous thing when it's really just X, Y, and Z if you just apply yourself. Right. So, you know, that's that's what happened for me. Like when I went independent and started doing my own thing, um, that's when I realized, you know what? Um, I kind of got this, I can do my own thing. And then at the time I ain't had no engineer. Um, I didn't have no photographer, I didn't have no videographer, I didn't have none of that stuff. So I had to learn how to record myself. I had to learn how to edit my own um, videos. I had to learn how to do all that shit around that time. This was like 2014, 2015. I'll never forget that was the first record I put out on, one of the first records I put out on um, SoundCloud and that shit went, hit like 100,000 plays when I dropped it at the time. So it it was it was a big deal for me. Like I was going hard 
um, because it was a new thing for me. So I was just like trying whatever, and it was just unlocking so many different doors for me. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll say at the moment when I when I took took it upon myself to go independent um, and, and do my own thing. So what really made you um, step out on faith and go independent and say I'm you know I'm about to do this on my own? And even though you still had people in your corner, like what made you say? Okay, independent is the right route for me. Um, because well, for starters, every environment, and this is just, you know, it's just the truth, you know, the facts. Every environment I was in, you know, it was it was getting to a place where it was more so um hip hop driven. And it was these hyper masculine environments that were putting me in the space where it's like, if I'm not coming with this hardcore street shit or saying, speaking a certain, you know, language, you know, a lot of the opportunities wasn't coming my way. So it's only so many R&B hooks and pop hooks that these rappers can jump on. You know what I'm saying? They want to talk their shit and pop their shit. So, and me, I'm a R&B ass nigga. You know what I'm saying? I can't you know what I'm saying? So it's like as much as I want to, you know, I, I have, uh, you know, a hood or a street, you know, mentality or, you know, edge in, in certain areas, but that's not. You're a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, a, I'm not, a, not, 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 not no trouble, man. I want no trouble, man. It's all about the love, man. About the love, man. Peace. But yeah, so. You know, a lot of that disconnect was from me just realizing that I needed to be in an environment that I can really build and groom and develop my skill, my craft, and and things like that. Not saying I wasn't doing it then, you know what I'm saying? But I just felt like I was in a box um, in all those environments and... No, no, no negative vibes. You know, it was a great experience, great learning experience. I learned a lot. They pushed me, and I wouldn't be where I am now creatively or even status-wise if I didn't, you know, wasn't in those rooms. Um, but again, you know, I just realized that I needed to be in new environments, and the first environment I needed to be in was a self-contained environment. Mm. So that's why I was like, you know what, I got to learn all this shit my damn self. So that's when I started, you know, because I was already learning how to engineer myself in high school in the music program. So I just started t- taking those skills, got, took whatever little money I had, got me a laptop, you know what I'm saying, and just got me a little mic set up. And I just started going wild in my room. And from like 2014 to like now, you know, like I've mastered it. So now every single release you hear, everything you hear me doing, I record that shit. Oh, you look at you. Saying? Y'all heard. Talk that shit. Talk that shit. You hear it? <clears throat> if you need your shit mixed and mastered, listen, holla at your boy. Nah. Holla at my homie too much, man. He's the truth. Um, but, but yeah, it was, it was around that time when I when I was, you know what I'm saying, just like grooming my skills and realizing like, yo, I need to like, I need to be alone right now. <laughs> like, I need to be in my, like, I, I have all these crazy ideas and I can't really get them out because I got to, like, stay in this box. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I got to write this hook, and I got to do this, and I got it's like, it's like an itinerary I was abiding by. 
And that shit sometimes when you follow a pattern as an artist, that shit can, you know, you be like, fuck no, you know, as an artist, you're rebellious, you know what I'm saying? You're supposed to do things that move the people, that move the needle. You know what I'm saying? So that's what it was for me, you know. And through these many transitions in your life, um, how was your support system then and how is your support system now? Um, in what way from behind the scenes or um you can do behind and in front of the scenes however you or however you would like to well well I, i'll say for a support system i think of like more of the, about the people who went behind the scenes okay. uh, my support system is it was very strong and is very strong now and i credit that to my family um honestly like they are right there whenever i'm having an event a performance whatever you know what I'm saying? Like, my brother at the door. My sister, you know, fixing this, handling that, fixing a wig, doing that for the dancers, doing that, doing this, you know. So, you know, I would always, you know, credit them or I'll be running and ripping, running the errands. I'll put my mom on the word, Mom, go pick this up. Go for me. Go do this. Go around the corner. Pick this. You know what I'm saying? So I will put everybody to work. You know what I'm saying? And I will do the same, too, with, you know, some of my peers and shit. Like, you know, I will take take, you know, you know, key to, damn, I got help around me. They're willing to step up to the plate and assist me. Um, so I couldn't complete none of the things that, like, a lot of the turnaround that you see, I have to credit my friends, my peers, my family, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they, they know who they are, you know? Uh, so, uh, yeah, I definitely credit them. For sure. That's amazing. <laughs> now, when you're writing your songs and and um and your visuals, writing. I'm sorry. Writing? Who does that? <laughs> Freestyle writing. If you whatever your your uh <laughs> your creative process is. Well, when you're doing that, do they play a role in that as well? Like, do they help you with like? Um, choosing your beats or choosing different different avenues to go, or do they have any you know any say so in what you write and how you put it out? Uh, that part no. Or influence. <laughs> <laughs> Breeze said he writes most of them. <laughs> Breeze is a fool, man. But I will credit now. Now I will say my brother and my dad. For sure. Um, like, growing up, for me, I was the youngest. I'm the baby of the bunch. So I was subject to hearing what everybody else was, was playing when I was really, really young. And back in my heyday, when I was like five and six, me and my brother had to share room because it was just me, my brother, and my sister. So my sister had her own room. The boys had to share their room. And my mom and dad had their room, you know what I'm saying? So my mom and dad, they looked speaker set up and they live in the living room my sister got her boom box in her room and my brother he got fucking speakers tall as a fucking you know he was in high school my brother was wild yeah. so i would get blowed out so my brother he's playing Lil wayne and all this pop boys and juvenile and all this outcast you know he was a hip-hop head and my sister she's playing mariah carey and R. Kelly and Silk and all, you know, all that lovey-dovey shit. Trina and stuff. She was listening to that stuff. 
And then my mom and dad, they're listening to, you know, the, the, the good shit, Earth, Wind & Fire, and Cameo, and Barclays, and, you know, that stuff. But my mom, she was like the Mary J. Blige, Lauren Hill, D'Angelo fan. But my dad, he's stuck in the 70s, man. That man still, like, <laughs> he's stuck in the 70s. He still thinks the 70s is the top, like, era of life. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, my, my, my family definitely influenced uh my taste you know what i'm saying my initial taste but then when i got in high school and started dancing i started hearing house music and all these other electronic styles and country and all this other stuff and then getting into the writing and stuff you know i eventually became a connoisseur of just loving music like my my playlist on spotify is a fucking <laughs> wild roller coaster we'll go from here to there we'll go from a to q back to C, then we'll go back to W, and we'll get to J. We'll be all over them motherfuckers. I'm the you know same. I'm, I'm definitely the same, because I could take you to, like, Memphis real quick, and then I could take you to some uh, peaches and cream, and then some, you know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm an 80s baby, so I, I have a variety of things, and, and I'm from Detroit as well, so I know about the house music, and so on and so forth, but yeah, I definitely... You know, I can do the same when it comes to the Spotify playlist. <laughs> but as far as like the writing, though, like my influences as far as like writing, I wouldn't say that's from my family. Now that right there, my influences um, come more so like from Babyface and the Dream and Neo and James Font Leroy. Like I like writers who are able to tell other artists' stories. You know what I'm saying? And those those guys, they tell it very vividly. Like, you know, yeah, my boy, he got 20 years. He locked up. He chained up. But R. Kelly's another one. You know what I'm saying? You, you can't know, discredit those... that part of him. You can't. R. Kelly, the dream, Neo, um, Babyface, like guys like that, Jeff Fauntleroy, you know, Party Next Door, too. He's one of the newer ones. So I'm really, I really, really like him a lot. Nigel, Esther Dean, like those writers and stuff like that, like they're the ones who really inspired me because for me, I really, really um, challenged myself to um, to get to that level to where I'm able to, you know, do it for myself and for others because that's what they do, you know. Now, do you think you you fit into a specific genre or do you, if you can make your own genre, what would it be? And also, do you feel that you fit in a genre that's already there? If I can make my own genre right now, um, I'll say... Hmm, lately in the studio, what I've been working on lately has is, is been like a melting pot of things. So the core of it all is R&B, though. So, if anything, I'll say more so like a futuristic, alternative twist on R&B um, and old music. Because uh, I like music from like the eras of the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, um, the most. So, in the early 2000s. So, a lot of that music and a lot of those eras, like, it's just naturally in me like I, I don't even have to 
you know, think twice. Like when I hear music or anything of that nature, it's like I tap into this zone. I can't even explain it. It's like an unspoken thing. But um, but if I could put myself in a genre, uh, now lately, I mean, I'll say R and B. But when me and Breeze and the team, we do what we're doing. These next, you know, couple moves we about to pull. I definitely feel like uh, I'll be leaning more toward a, a R&B, pop vibe, you know, alternative, you know, vibe. <laughs> Is it like, just trying to be, just be more, you know, you, you, you want to be as impressionable as, as possible. You want to be able to, you know, bring a different, you know, variety of people in the room and be able to have something that touches each person in the room. So I don't want to just come in and just have a whole set list of slow jams or a whole set list of hardcore or a whole set list of pop or a whole set list of R&B. Like, that, that's kind of boring. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's why some of the greatest artists of all time, when you go see them in concert, they're doing this rap song, this R&B song, this pop song, this remix, this that, this, this, you know what I'm saying? They switch that shit up because it's all about a journey. It's not about staying here. You know what I'm saying? You want to have a fucking heartbeat. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want to have a pulse. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with it now. But the core of everything is that R&B shit, though. Don't ever get it twisted. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> and being that you said uh, R&B, where do you think the state of R&B is right now? I think R&B is in a, in a much better state it's, it's been in, but I feel like what's going to make it go over the edge is when Billboard and iTunes, but like when, when they separate us from the hip-hop, um categories and stuff will be looked at more like giants um because i feel like and i said and i say this on every interview i do and i'm gonna keep saying this shit because i need the message to be heard um if little baby i love his music by the way if little baby got this hit record right it's number one record Goddamn Summer Walker might have this hot-ass record that's buzzing, going crazy. She can't be number one on her chart because it's blended with the hip-hop shit. On, like, the main... Yeah, they got R&B charts here, da, da, da. but that main fucking charting system, they're blending the R&B and hip-hop category. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, if she and the other artists, her and Black and Party and Lucky Day and, you know, whoever else, you know, another up dope. If we had our own just platforms, layouts, system, like BT Hip Hop, they got a whole hip hop award. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that the Soul, the Soul Train Awards is, of course, for, for us, but they're not, they're not catering to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can't explain it. But, you know, like, it, it's just too much blending of it now. It's like, it's time to start putting everybody in their respective places because I feel like that's what will make, you know, someone Walker look like a superstar. Mm -hmm. That will make Lucky Day look like a superstar. You know what I'm saying? Not taking away from the rappers, but it's like, 
it's just a, 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 a unfair fight to me because even in some of the categories at the Grammys, like some of the uh, rap song, this and all, some of those categories, it get tricky, you know what I'm saying? And, I'm and like, it seems repetitive in a sense. Super duper. So it's like, to me, I feel like the state of R&B is actually great. I just feel like it'll be at a like high volume if they start separating that shit and start putting more platforms for us because, believe it or not, we have an audience. And audiences, it's just, it's too much blended and shared. It's hard to decipher and really see who's who and who's what because it's like, I can't cut through because here come the baby, mm-hmm. the 21, from this person. Here come that right. person. Here come and, they, and they dope. But it's like, can we get our own shit? It's like, damn, Hot 105 is the only station that caters to, you know, a specific thing down here in, in South Florida. It's just a certain uh, radio station. But the other stations is like, you know, blending R&B and hip-hop, which is dope. But it's like, if they found a way where it's like, okay, this is the R&B shit, this is the hip-hop shit. They have it for the satellite, but separate that shit, man. <laughs> separate that shit. We want some more R&B, man. So we Oh, look at as superstars too, man. Because the the rapper guys and they, because their genre is at its highest, right? Now, they're looked at as the superstars. They're looked at as the giants. They're looked at as like the cream of the crop. You know what I'm saying? R and B people. R and B it seems to be like a feature, if that makes sense, instead of a full mm-hmm. song. It ain't like a, it ain't like a big moment. You got even the biggest artists in the game, Rihanna. Beyonce, those are R&B artists, you know what I'm saying? But if they're not doing these rap things and these pop things, those girls not going to get no looks, you know what I'm saying? But here come, no offense to it, but let Adele drop a full-length blue soul R&B album, number one, through the roof, this is that. If Chris Brown or Usher had that 24-carat era, like Bruno Mars with it, that's what I like and all that other stuff, Dope. I love Bruno Mars. I love Usher, all those guys. But if Usher or Chris or one of those guys had those eras, that era, it wouldn't have been as massive. It wouldn't have been, that's what I like, wouldn't have been that big. It wouldn't have been that massive. It would have just happened and went on about his business. You know what I'm saying? But because it's this pop artist and he's doing all these X, Y, and Z things, you know what I'm saying? They're going to give it that push. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, like Beyonce and Rihanna and Drake and all these other people, the only reason why they're really like at the top of the fruit chain is because they're incorporating things that's not really their genre. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's fucking unfair because to to be honest with you, I like Beyonce singing. I love it, bruh. Dangerously in love and B Day. That lady was singing her face off, bro. You know what I'm saying? And on that damn Sasha Fierce stuff, like, her her early efforts, not saying the, the, the later efforts weren't good, it's just, you know what I'm saying, like, she got to cater to the to the, to the the different audiences, which is dope, but, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, to me, I look at her as an R&B giant. That girl is amazing. You know what I'm saying? Like, those vocals are fucking amazing, but it's like, she got to do the rap shit. She got to do the pop shit. She got to do the other shit, you know what I'm saying, in order to remain relevant to the charting systems and the numbers and the algorithms. And it's like, 
You know what I'm saying? Like I want to hear her make singing my damn heart out. You know what I'm saying? Like cause to you. <laughs> he's amazing, bro. You know what I'm saying? But but the other the, but the rap shit be you know the other shit be cool. It's dope. Yeah. You, you can't you know hate on what you know what what's good, but you know, and not just to just talk about her. It's other artists like that too. Even Chris Brown, like. You know what I'm saying? Like, Chris Brown, to me, I feel like he's an amazing R&B artist. But if he ain't doing all that other cool shit, y'all not going to listen to him. Yeah. And that's unfair. That's not cool. If they're not doing other other cool shit, y'all not going to listen to them. You know what I'm saying? If all they did was their R&B shit, y'all not going to listen. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of, You know what I'm saying? Because I love all those artists. I love who I'm naming. Super dope and amazing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're like holy grail to me. You know what I'm saying? But it just sucks that, you know, we have to always come up with these strategies and plans to accommodate these charts and these, you know, systems and shit. So, whatever. What do you feel that you can do to help that? Um, Like, get separate, be able to separate the hip-hop from the R&B? I feel like we just have to keep putting it in their face in different ways, you know what I'm saying? Um, And we have to stop trying to be cool and stop trying to do what they're doing because I I noticed that a lot of the R&B presence, we we tend to go for hip-hop aesthetics um, and rap aesthetics. Uh, Ain't nothing wrong with the imagery, but I feel like a lot of what we do has to represent R&B because a lot of the time it's confusing. You don't know who's an R&B artist or who's a singer. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes a, a singer be so like trapped out and coked out, doped out, drugged out. You don't know whether or not he's a singer or a rapper because the rappers are doing it's like an aesthetic now. You know what I'm saying? Right. And they're doing the you know melodies and stuff like that. So it's, it's hard to really decipher, but what I would do, you know, what I feel like I can do to help or to be a part of that is just like putting it in their face more, you know what I'm saying? And I just feel like being rebellious to it because who, 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 who fuck with it going to fuck with it, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's another reason why I feel like, you know, some of the artists I named, like, it's like, fuck those sharks, fuck those people, man. Put out that R&B shit, put that shit out. <laughs> put it in their face. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Beyonce, Chris, whoever's listening, put that shit in their face, man. We want to hear it. <laughs> we want to hear that shit. We tired of the we same songs in rotation. We tired of the goddamn trap shit. Well, we're not tired of it. I ain't going to say we tired of it, but incorporate like- more. Yeah, because I can't wait for that new Usher, too, but I can't wait. Yes, I know man. it's going to be... I, need, I really need that old Drake that's so far gone Drake. Like that was the that album to me I can play from front to back and sing all of that of that music. And I'm just like, man, where where did that go? But I, I definitely understand as far as like um how you feel about the state of R and B and how we should definitely do something about it. But I listen to R and B all day. That's that's me. That's what I'm raised on. And so Y'all better get with it or get lost. Like like Lloyd said. They <laughs> <laughs> so, 
But let's um let's push forward to um what you're currently working on because I know you just dropped some some new projects and some new visuals and you um just did some choreography for uh, Lotto and Trina. So let's get into a little bit of your current state of what you're doing and working on. Um right now currently I'm working on um uh a new project that I'm uh, working on with my homie Jerome Mormon, who I mentioned earlier. Um, and that music is is incredible. Like I can honestly say I'm putting we putting our, our foot in that music. Um, so I can't wait to that that's some shit that's gonna be happening a lot later. But um what I'm working on currently as well, besides that, is um I'm gonna be dropping some singles um with some visuals. And I'm also going to be dropping some more dance visuals with my um, Goldmine crew. Um, and um, I'll also be choreographing some other stuff with some other artists um, coming up. So I'm just really, really, you know, doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff um, and just working. I'm doing a lot of dirty work right now, man. Oh. A lot of ed- up, up late night editing, a lot of that type of stuff. Like, that's the type of work I'm I'm on right now, so unfortunately, um, uh, I don't. I won't be putting out a project until maybe later on in the year. Okay. Um, but I will be putting out new music um, this spring and summer. Uh, it's just going to be, you know, a lot more visual driven now, um, and just pushing, you know, the envelope with fashion and. Um, music and dance and just kind of putting all of the things that I'm doing right now in, in one. You'll see um, real soon when I start posting new shit. It's, it's going to be crazy. Now talk a little <laughs> bit about um, your your newest visual that you had, Stay Home. <clears throat> I know I saw that on YouTube. That was actually Don't Gotta Be from Stay Home. The EP is Stay Home. Um, we dropped that during quarantine, um, and that that was just a visual that uh, me and my home, the, the models who are in the video, those are actually uh, uh, my homegirls. We're super, super, super close and cool. And uh, they was like, yo, we want to do some Valentine's shit in one of your songs. Come in the shot. I was like, cool, let's do it. And we just came up with a concept and an idea, and we just you know jumped up and did it. And, um, but yeah, that was just me, you know, continuing to push that project and I'll be putting out, um, something else real soon with my homie too much. Um, and a few other musicians, we about to do something real crazy with that project, like a, you know, a new version, a reenactment of it live style. So that's going to be coming soon. Um, and then, you know, but yeah, like stay home. That visual was really just about Valentine's Day doing something sexy you know what i'm saying so it wasn't really about you know a new release you know but um but yeah and talk a little bit about um some of the things that you've done for the kids in the community because i know you you had mentioned that previously so i just want to tap in excuse me on that and what is there a specific name for it and where do you do it and you know talk a little bit about that um, well, since I was 16, um, I've been teaching kids in the community right. and uh, youth in the community. 
And then around that time when I told you uh, I had a down point when I was trying to transition to go into the independent stage, um, I got into the school board system out here teaching dance. So I teach at multiple, I've taught at multiple schools, multiple dance organizations, multiple boroughs. I've taught in Hollywood, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, you name it. Um, and uh, currently, I'm work, I teach over, I teach over 100 kids every week now. Wow. Yeah, so um, that's, that's what I do. I work with the youth in the community. And I'm working with, like I said, different schools and dance organizations. Shout out to my kids. Some of them, they following me. They should not be following me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they always get mad because they're like, why you won't follow us back? I'm like, I'm not following you back. Like, no. <laughs> Yo, my kids, they're the best. I love my kids, man. But, um, but yeah, so I've definitely been um, going hard with that, but um, within the next two years, uh, I plan on like really maximizing on that, doing something really, really big, you know what I'm saying? Um, for the kids and, you know, that's something that I've been doing for a long time. Like whenever I'm not doing my music stuff, whenever I'm not doing my dance stuff, I'm working with kids, you know, I'm passing that knowledge down and I'm giving them, you know, the juice, um, you know, not no offense, but every every team I work with, we win first place. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, we, they can vouch for that. So, but um, but yeah, I I, I love the, I like working with the kids, and like I said, I plan on just doing doing a lot of great things with a lot of different partners and people who I'm working with in, in the community as well. We're going to be doing a lot of great things um, with with the kids in the community and just the youth in general, you know, all around, doing all type of stuff, you know. That's dope. <clears throat> if y'all listening and t- tune in to this, make sure y'all tap in because it's very important to give back to the community, especially the youth today because the way things is going – you know, I that's a whole nother interview right there. <laughs> but thank you for for being a part of the community. <clears throat> Excuse me, and giving back. So, um, we are coming to a close. Um, but I want to ask a few more questions before we get up out of here. Um, and this is the last question as far as for the interview goes. But I have something called top three. It used to be top five, which is five questions catered to my guests. But now everybody does top five. So I was like, fuck that. I'm about to do switch the game up on them and do top three real quick. But um, that's what the segment is called. And then we're going to do wind down, which is the social media shout outs. And um, I have one final, final question that I asked at the end of the interview. So um, leave something to this thing called entertainment. Like what would you tell your younger self um, today? Mm. be patient slow the fuck down stop being in a hurry um, because what's meant for you is meant for you yes sir ski you heard it <clears throat> so let's push forward to top three so i'm gonna ask you three questions and no particular order do you have to give your answer so um let's do it 
top three videos you've choreographed? Ooh. I'll say it was a visual I did. Of course, the lotto and dream. That's a given. Then number two, I'll say it's a visual that I did that Missy reposted on her page. That one. And I'll say the visual that we did that Janet Jackson reposted on her page. Because those are legends. So they're like holy grail in the dance community. So when I saw that shit, like I'm literally... And it's it's crazy because every time I anytime a celebrity or an artist who I would dance to their music, they would repost me. I would never like be the first one to see it. I would always be asleep or doing some shit that that has nothing to do with you know being in the moment. So I'll get like a million because <laughs> I'm knocked out of sleep. Yo, oh my god, what the hell is I go I'm flabbergasted. Lost words. You know what I'm saying? So so I'll say those three. Okay. Trina Lotto and Chris, and we did for Missy and the visual with, with the crew from Jenny Jackson. All right. Top three people you'd like to write for? Uh, Chris Brown. Okay. Chris Brown, for sure. Um, I'd love to write for... Um, this is going to sound super crazy. <laughs> I want to write for Taylor Swift. This is super, that's so weird, but I want to, I, I want to, I want to do some R&B shit with Taylor Swift. Okay. We got one more. I think she has this twang in her voice. I feel like if she did a little like black vibe, like a little nigga vibe. <laughs> Because listen, a lot of the top, listen, a lot of the top female pop artists, Madonna, all them, they've worked with, they've had, they they got their nigga album. <laughs> Every Britney Spears, like all them, they got their nigga album. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, 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 I would love to do that. That's, that's a... <laughs> It's all good. You got one. You got one more. But it's the truth. It's the truth, though. It's it's the truth. Um. Uh. And I'm saying only reason why I'm saying that because that's a current thing. Because everywhere I go, they playing her music. Like the mall, the rec, the store, the car. Like so, I keep hearing her voice everywhere I go, and I'm like, she just sound good over 808, boy. <laughs> uh, 808 will help you, Taylor. Uh, 808 will... Uh, one more. Um, I'd like to write for um, uh, Jasmine Sullivan, too. Ooh, um, I can see that. Yeah. Sure. I like, I like her delivery and her attack. And I love her unapologetic. Like she seems like a real gospel singer, and um, and it got like this jazz twang to it. So I would love to to get in with her. For uh, sure. 
All right. And this is the last one for top three. Top three moments in your career. For sure, America got talent for sure. Um that was top. And then I'll say me during quarantine meeting, me being able to execute the dance visuals how I do it now. Like that was the era, that was a time period because a lot kind of started happening. Uh, a lot of the world, a lot when that happened. And then I'll say now, right now, now is a very, very vital moment. I feel like a lot of major things are um, happening right now in the works. And uh, thanks to a lot of the people I'm working with and dealing with and partnering with, you know, uh, they're definitely helping me to achieve these goals. So I'll say this moment right now is definitely important right now. Amazing, amazing. Y'all heard it here first. So we're going to push forward to Wind Down, which is the social media shout outs and anything else that you would like to manifest through this uh, conversation that we are having. Because um, once we finish this, we we become friends. So just know that off top. But <laughs> give out your social media, your shout outs and any manifestation that you would want to happen in the near future or that, you know, that's going to happen in the near future. And then I have one final question. <clears throat> Uh, my social media, everybody can follow me everywhere on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, because now YouTube has the app, shit now. Um, everywhere, everything, Arlen. And, um, even on TikTok, everywhere. I'm on, everywhere, it's everything, Arlen. Uh, right now, I want to manifest, you know, really achieving the goals I've been uh, and dreams that I've been wanting to achieve since I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? Like that's 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 what I'm doing now. It's just you know making sure that I dreams of that little lad boy from years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like it's so many things that I wanted to do that I'm like, no, I'm not good enough. No, I'm not this. You know when you growing up and going through your year. Shit, but I want to manifest, you know, all of those things that seemed impossible or seemed like, you know, a stretch as a kid. I want to manifest bringing up all that shit to life. That'll that bring make my energy. Gotta be in shit. I like that. I like that. And last but not least, the question of the day. What bothers you about the industry and what do you feel that you can do to help fix it? To the lines and Uh oh, you gotta restart uh, yeah, your, your audio is going in and out. You got me? You got me now? It's a little choppy, little choppy. Somebody must try to be calling you. This, see, this is what happens. Motherfuckers know you on the phone and on the Instagram. They, they want to call you and shit. Is that better? Um, yeah, that's better now. Go ahead. I'm sorry. 
All right, what was the question? Um, what bothers you about the industry, and how do you feel that you could uh, what what would be your solution to fixing it? I wish that there. Um, I, well, my problem with the industry is the fact that it's too many mediocre level and undeveloped talent that's like being put on massive platforms in front of millions of people all because they have popularity or one or two popular songs and they have no true artistry, no true development. And I just wish that, you know, that would pause. And I feel like the fix would be more gatekeepers, you know, more people who were kind of like say, okay, yeah, you can have the hit, you can have the hit out, but, in order to get on this platform and it's just like how there's rules and regulations to, you know, in order to have X amount of, you know, dollars, you got to have X amount of strength in order to get X amount of looks, you got to do X amount of things in the game and develop yourself. Like, I feel like that's what made the artists back in the day, superstars, because mm. they were groomed, developed and put in a position to be a fucking star for millions. You know, it's like now you can be right in your bedroom, right where you at, as soon as some shit pop off, one little two minutes on, and now they, you on tour next week. You know what I'm saying? That's that like weren't doing that back in the day. They weren't doing that back in the day. Like you watch those old movies, the autobiographies of these old superstars, them people was putting in work before we even knew who they were. You know what I'm saying? And that's something like that overnight shit is like it's it's scary because now we looking at we instead of looking at talent and a bitch really true, real true archery we're looking at algorithms numbers and statistics and stats and shit. So that's the way it's, it's a little weird for me. Um, so absolutely, and I just posted something about this. I was like, for all the people that gaslight artists or people in general and say that everything is just great about them and never once saying that it's trash or you know never once saying hey this might not be the song for you or we need to develop you in order for you to really realize the business and stuff like that I just made a post about it and I feel the same way is 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 A&Rs are are like a few and far in, be in between if that makes sense so Artist development I, is, is definitely needed. A lot of the executives, too, they're not musicians or artists. Like, I feel like that's what made, you know, Usher and Tony Braxton and Outkast dope because their boss was Babyface and L.A. Reid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a whole nother... You know what I'm saying? Like, the reason why Tupac and... I mean, Snoop Dogg and all those guys were able to really succeed and push through uh, was because they had a real artist, Dr. Dre, as their, you know, executive or liaison to the label. So we don't have that no more, man. Like, and, and a lot of the younger younger people now with the internet and social media and stuff, like, they're more rebellious now. It's like, fuck that old head. I got the number one song on Spotify. His shit is old. Fuck him. He don't know nothing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not realizing this man tell you the damn uh, strategy and blueprint to unlock your shit to take you to the next whole level. 
You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that's that's that guy. And then you now you got the old heads who don't want to get the information out because fuck the young ones, because they don't want to listen. So it's like it's a it's like a real gray scale, like a blurred line, you know, happening right now. So uh, it'll get better in time. Hopefully. That's why I made this show to bridge that gap because you you never know who came before you and if and if they didn't then half of the people wouldn't even be thought of you know what I mean so that's a whole like I said a whole nother interview because I can go on for days with that situation but we're not gonna do that <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna speak positivity I really appreciated my time you know chatting with you you know um, uh, shout out to Breeze too for connecting the dot. I definitely uh, uh, enjoyed myself chatting with you. Bree's definitely going to be like, why the hell you said I know he's going to be grilling. <laughs> it's all good, Breeze. You know, we family. Uh, you know what I mean? We stripped you of all of your 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 artistry and it's human. You know what I mean? It's just it's a whole conversation that needs to be had. And this is where the platform is to have it. And like I said, I appreciate you for sliding through and um, being a part of this episode. And make sure you guys um, like, share, subscribe to this page, as well as my YouTube channel. I will have this on YouTube shortly. Um, and whenever you come to Virginia, let me know, because I have a studio out here. You know, I, I know some people in this area that would, you know, definitely benefit from what you have going on and vice versa. So um, if do you have anything else for the people out there? And Like you said, shout out to Breeze and Media Bay. For um, even making this possible. Hey, Media Bay. All right. Well, um, like I said before, follow the page. So Hollywood, the podcast, Instagram page. Follow me, the host, Miss Hollywood, M-I-S-S Hollywood 313. And um, I do have a segment called Welcome to the Limelight. And I do have a Spotify playlist that goes along with it. I have some dope ass track so whenever y'all get a chance make sure y'all head over to spotify and you know share that listen to it it's real like it's it's a it's a genre of just of all kinds of music in that in that um playlist or on that playlist so yeah um if you don't have anything else why are you streaming stream that rhythm and brower too my mistake rhythm and brower stream that shit don't get it twisted those artists on there are super dope. Shout out to all of the rappers and singers who was on there because I did a mixtape featuring some of the dope artists who I work with and who are out in the city. So y'all stream that too. Stream Stay Home. Stream my single. Stream everything. Stream this episode on all platforms. Make sure you doing that too. Follow my girl too. Follow everybody. Y'all show love, man. Come on, man. It's 2023, man. Let's connect these dots. Let's show some love. Let's make a difference. Let's keep building. Let's keep growing. You already know what time it is, man. I'm loving it. Appreciate and it. You don't sure. have to spend money to support. And that's all I wanted to say. And we're going to get up out of here. Thank you one more time. Um, so Hollywood, the podcast. Peace up. A-Town down. <laughs> yes, sir. Ski, we about to get up out of here. I appreciate you. Thank you, Breeze. Thank you, uh, Media Bay, and thank you, Arland. Make sure you guys tap in. So Hollywood, the podcast, peace up, A-Town, damn. I'm playing my thing all the way through. Why is my thing? It's all good. Play as fuck up, but we're going to get up out of here. <laughs> peace. <laughs>
it me or was it hiding here? Is it me or was it hiding here? So Hollywood, be a guest on so hollywood the podcast just email so hollywood the podcast at gmail.com or follow me on instagram so hollywood the podcast and miss hollywood 313 To be a guest on So Hollywood the Podcast, just email So Hollywood the Podcast at gmail.com or follow me on Instagram, So Hollywood the Podcast and MISS Hollywood 313. Looking to book your next studio session? Contact Session 420 at www.greenleafgang.com. <laughs>